Welcome. Another episode, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with uh, Rich Klein. Talk about uh, a then and now episode about wild card and not, we're not talking about the, uh, any sports, uh, playoff teams that are selected based on their record, but not winning a division or conference or, or, uh, in their group. So this is wild card, the company. We're going back to the early nineties. Uh, do have, uh, sponsors who also went back to the early nineties in one form or another. <laughs> But uh, uh, I'd like to thank the sponsors. It's uh, Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Heritage Auctions, ComC, C-O-M-C.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. I think every one of our sponsors was around in 91 except for ComC. Well, Tim was a collector in those days. He Tim was would have been a collector, collector. okay. And, 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 and actually... And Mike Fruitman was an employee, yes. probably. He yeah. was getting ready to buy the He's store. He was getting ready to buy the store. And Rob was... Probably still at the, maybe at the coin shop. He was still know. at the coin shop. I think he was in the process of buying. Panini was in Europe. Uh, Tops was was probably going strong. Upper deck was Upper definitely deck going. was really going strong. Yeah. Okay. So what about Wildcard? Wildcard was a company in the early '90s. I think they, when I say in the early '90s, it was just the early '90s because they're not around anymore, and they kind of uh, disappeared under a, a little bit of a perhaps a legal cloud. Yeah. Of licensing, uh, there were all sorts of things, but let, you know, first, Wildcard only exists from 91 through 93. Yes. They have a three year history. It's a well defined in terms of card history of what their lifespan is. And that, and in the early 90s, you really didn't need a lot of money to get a football license because football, every, especially, yeah. football, especially because these, everybody was trying to gear up extra money. Uh, for the Freeman McNeil suit that was going on at the time. So the players wanted as much money as they could get and the leagues wanted as much sponsor, you know, as much sponsorship as they could get because they saw how the card market was booming. So you did not need a lot of money to get into the card producing market in the early nineties. Do you think wildcard was appealing to these, uh, to the, the licensing entities, the players association and the, and NFL uh, properties? Although they did some college stuff too. They do draft and they do draft, draft and I believe basketball in 91, 92 and football in 91 only, if I remember correctly. But the, their innovations were appreciated, you think, or misunderstood? Or? I think I'm misunderstood. And I think they weren't marketed properly because they had the stripe cards. And well, the, that's their, wouldn't you say that's their biggest? That's their biggest innovation. innovation. And we were reading a, what they called the dealer bulletin board at the time called Sportsnet. Sportsnet, right. And the people who were wildcard distributors, they would tell you, well, if you pull the thousand card stripe in our store, we will give you this or that. But it had to be pulled in the store. It had to be something seen in front of you to get the, let's say, prize from the, yeah. from the store owner. And that was just hard because some people don't want to open up their cards at the store. And we used to joke that all the dealers on Sportsnet who dealt in wildcard for the most part, they all went away. They all basically imploded, oh. including Big Bob's, which is another story in yeah. itself. Yeah. And uh, Okay, but they in the literature, they kept talking about if you have 100 cards of a player, which is, again, this is the era of junk wax where people had a lot of stuff. So you have 100 cards of the same player. You could send it in, send those 100 cards into the Redemption Center or wherever it was, or, or a, you ostensibly could trade it for 100 stripe of right. the same player. Which... Presumably is very limited, or maximum was the 1,000 stripe. Right. They had and 5, 10, they had five, 20, 10, 20 50, 50, 100, and 1,000. So the 1,000 would be a big deal. But when they did their literature, they also talked about if you had the 1,000, you would you might consider switching that for a thousand, uh, the 1,000 striper for a 1,000 of the cards. Okay. Right. Now, the problem with that is that it makes people think that 
there must be really mass production. Because if you were to send into the production that they, they may have to go back to press, maybe they've got to come up with a thousand uh, of, of uh, Brett Favre cards uh, because you're turning in your thousand stripe or you're turning in your uh, uh, thousand cards to get the thousand stripe. And do they have them just sitting there or do they have to go put a stripe on it or, or print it? So I think there was some uh, a lack of confidence in the in the, uh, the the print quantities. Would you would you agree? Yeah, and I I think I do agree. And I also don't think that they were considered you know a major company. They were we listed them in Beckett Football. We listed them. I'm sure the draft pick in the basketball magazine. Right. But they weren't obviously on the level of a tops or a score or even, an upper deck. Well, they were more draft pick kind of oriented yeah. things for the most part. A lot of well, the football was the main. football was main. But but again, like you said, football they were it was pretty easy to get a license. And yet, um, and yet, I, I think your confidence thing is a good thing to say because, yeah, where where are these coming from? And so, well, nowadays we have pack odds. Yes, you can kind of back into again. I'm as listeners know, long time listeners know, I'm a math guy. So if on the pack it says the odds of getting this card are of getting a certain insert or parallel are X, if those are the odds, you can kind of extrapolate to figure out if if there's so many of those and that's the odds. Then this is the print quantity. Well, Wildcard clearly could not do that. Right. It almost makes us think they had like a parallel universe or for every card that was out there, they had to keep some stock back. And where does that go? And, also and where because, has it gone? Yeah, because we've never seen huge quantities. I've of- never seen giant stacks, which, and again, that would be the fear that the market would collapse for the thousand or the 100 stripers. But, but they're not easy to find. They're not easy to find. What's interesting is that if you remember that era, that was almost the penny stock market time yeah. in cards where people would trade, you know, a thousand eighty-seven tops John Cruck cards or Benito right. Santiago right. cards or you know the better players. But you could have a thousand. You could have a thousand. So there was nothing really unusual about having a thousand of those cards. But you knew if you had a thousand stripe of tops cards, you knew how you knew they were making so many cards, you knew there was no real issue with that. Yeah. And there was no grading in those days. Right. And so if so I'm trying to figure out if it was a you know, what the logic could have been if you superimpose that striping philosophy on current cards. Would you rather have a thousand stripe of a, of a, of Luca or a thousand base cards? Well, with grading out of those thousand base cards, you might get some black label BGS 10 that would, that, that would be very valuable instead of the one, 1000 striper, which, which, you know, might not even be meant. In today's world right now as it stands, you'd want the one 1000 stripe card. However, your because point Because of the is, flight to quality. Because I mean, of the flight to the best of the best. You want the best of the best. You know, you want the hits out of the box. That would be the hit out that'd of the box. That would be a hit. A Zion 1000 striper. Right. That would be a case hit. That would be off the charts. Yeah. You know, you don't want the 1000 cards because you can't sell the $5 card as easy as you could sell the $5000 right. card. Yes, you'd have less people who could afford it, but you'd probably have an easier time selling it. Well, you we're around in those days and we were putting pricing on there, uh, you know, according to what the market was, was showing as, as best we could detect. And the multipliers for the stripe cards were not equal to the stripe. No. In other words, if you have a 25 cent card that's the base card and then you have a 10 stripe, uh, that would imply $2.50, but it, wasn't but it would be a fraction of that. It might be 4x or 6x, it but might not 10x. And, and the same thing all the way. And so when you're, and again, even that is confusing. And so I'm wondering, you know, so, because sometimes when there's a, like a, a, a eureka type innovation, it's, and in our industry, it's, it's copied, it's imitated. No one's Why ever done this. Nobody's imitating this. And I think it's because of the perception that there's, that there's a warehouse somewhere with wildcard uh, stripe cards. Okay. What would you do if someone came up to you and said, Jim, 
I know where the warehouse is of wildcard strike cards. And for $1,000, you can buy the entire inventory. And, and we're assuming yeah. there are Brett Favre's in there and yeah. all the good players from that era. How, uh, would you, how would you get those cards out? I would uh, try to figure out how Cy Barger got the, uh, Cy Berger got the uh, barge that took him out <laughs> into the East River. Because it would compromise the integrity yeah. of, of a lot of things. It would, it would cast doubt on the fact that, uh, that uh, again, unless it was, if it was an unopened find, yes. of here's some cases that have never been opened that have some of the wheat with the chaff, uh, but if it was bricks of, of uh, I mean, it would just be... But, you know, it's interesting. You, we've never even seen, I want to say, warehouses of unopened cases and boxes of wildcard either all these years. You just don't no. see them. Well, one of the possibilities, because they, they, it's not that they left in a hurry, but they just kind of vaporized. Yes. And they, as we said, they had some issues with, uh, with uh, they put out a set that was, uh, had perhaps had not been proved. In fact, it, it had not been approved. And it was, they, they, they were claiming there was a technicality there. We, back at publications, got caught in the middle because they didn't want us publishing and doing pricing they, they meaning for NF the they, NFL properties and probably properties. Yes, more, properties. Uh, but didn't want us publishing prices for something that, that was, was not fully licensed in their mind and not approved. And so we were getting pressure to, because just to pretend like they didn't exist. And, and, uh, and, and it was a lot of pressure. And the more we looked into it, it was a gray area. But apparently, that was the end of, of Wildcard. That was the last product there, they were, did. there were no product, and so it's possible, Rich, that they may have there may have been some other implications and uh, and cease and desist and cease and desist and destroy. Mm. You know that the way they avoided uh, further pursuit was to destroy the product they had in the warehouse. Perhaps otherwise, why have we not seen? Uh, some of that, uh, some of that stuff, which would be interesting. Again, most of the players are long gone, but like you said, there's Brett Favre that, that's, uh, and you know, some of the star cards. Brett Favre rookie card. A thousand, could you would imagine be, a thousand strike Brett well, Favre? It'd be, it'd be, it'd be one of it. Well, again, the perception would be that would be one of his rarest yes. cards. It would, it would definitely probably be his rarest 91 card. Yeah. So, uh, so again, but you'd think there'd be a statute of limitations. It's been more than a quarter 20, century. 20 years. Yeah. More than 20 years to, and so, where is it? I, I don't know. And where, where's the unopened product? So that's, that's what I'm thinking. I don't think, again, of the junk wax things. Well, this is an issue when, when, uh, and maybe we've talked about this before, but junk wax to me is defined by what's the most valuable card you could get out of that, out of the wax. If the best card you can get out of a pack is a dollar in a book value of, Something like eighty-eight dollars where the best card you're going to get is a, let's say a Robbie Alomar rookie or somebody like that. Which, you know, is you know, it's going to be so common yes. that even whatever the price guide said, you'd, you'd be happy to sell it at something close to what it what it books. That's why for. it books okay. at two, that, and you'll get a dollar. And you might lucky. get a buck for it. So, uh, and if, if it's and if it's pristine, you it, it's still not going to be that valuable. No. But wild card, by that definition, those stripes, uh, the potential for the stripes would would make it not junk wax, Correct. even though it was hugely produced. You know, and some of the do earlier donors when they have uh, the you know, some of the, uh, you know, the early numbered cards, the elites or whatever they were. 91, 92, it, those it, are I mean, tough You cards. could still dig in and, and, and you might get one per case, uh, but you still may want to, you know, try to try to find it. You're not, you're not going to get rich doing that. And now there's been a little bit of a resurgence in uh, junk wax. Because people, the people who the, collected the, them. The people who collected them have, have, are of age now and they want to uh, re-experience the, uh, the joy of opening uh, the packs at a, Presumably a much cheaper price than what they paid when they were a kid, and they can get all the cards and then some. 
And you, and you get 540 good. cards out of a $10 box. That's two cents a card. And you're going to get almost all the players that, that you, you remember. Yeah, yeah. And you'll get a few that you say, who was this guy? Right. But wild card, I, I, I don't... I don't remember ever seeing remember the large quantity. I seeing it. And yet I'll still, I'll occasionally see some of them in the, in the dollar boxes that, that I've, that I'll, uh, pick through occasionally for fun that you and I both do that. And so, but it's not a no brainer. It's not like if it's, I mean, if it's a thousand striper, you'd think, well, gosh, that, you know, but that if it's a thousand times a penny, that's $10. According okay. to what you told me, I just processed some of those cards for Tom C the other day. Well, I picked up a few, but you know, I'm generally, I don't, I mean, again, just to say, I, I'm not going to pay a dollar no. for most of those. You know, if it's, uh, it's, uh, but they're, you know, like I said, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I pick up, uh, low supply, uh, low demand cards and those, that's, that's a good note to end on for wild card. Apparently they're, they, they, apparently they were not low supply, but they were low demand. And, uh, I, I don't know that people were, were, I'm getting, you wouldn't, if you got these commons, you wouldn't pitch them because if you could turn them back in at the, at the redemption center and get these uh, stripe cards, um, I just don't know. It's just a lot of overhead. You know, yeah. people don't like redemption cards. That's inviting redemption, which is handwork, which is making sure they're all. Yeah. And maybe that's why they didn't succeed in the final. Yeah. And maybe they went bankrupt. But I, I just thought maybe there was. So we, we don't know. But uh, we'll be back uh, again tomorrow with another episode. And perhaps we'll deal with uh, eventually we'll deal with some of the other uh, card companies that uh, are distant memories. Again, it just points out the excellence of the card company sponsors and the other companies that are still uh, cranking out cards. It's it's good to be nimble in this industry, and it's good to be innovative. But uh, Wildcard was, was was certainly innovative, and uh, they apparently weren't nimble enough to uh, stay in the fray. And uh, and uh, and uh, again, I, I just think it's amazing their innovation, and no one's copied it. So, thanks, Rich. Thanks, thanks for this uh, walk down memory lane. Thanks, listeners. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode on a on a different topic, and uh, perhaps it'll be a topic uh, that uh, one of you has uh, sent in. So, thanks again. So long for now.